Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. You guys can get your hymnals and sing along with me. 185. Jesus is all the world to me. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me, and true to him I'll be. Oh, how could I this friend deny when he's so true to me? Following him, I know I'm right. He watches over me day and night, following him day and night. He is my friend. Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting day shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. He's mine. Amen. Amen indeed. Praise the Lord for that. Sister Isabel, if time wasn't upon us, I would have asked you to sing that again. That was such a powerful song. And, you know, brethren, sometimes we don't quite look at the words of the song, but I mean, I'm not going to go over them. The hymn is Jesus is all the world to me, 185. Review those words. Just read them. It's so powerful. Sister Kathleen, when you're sad, he will make you glad. You know, he is an awesome God, and that's why he requires our praise. Thank you so much again. That was a powerful, beautiful message in song. 
And thank you for that reminder. Well, without further delay, everyone, I just invite you to get your note pens, your notepads and paper ready to take notes as we invite the man of God to press present a message directly from the throne of grace tonight. We're going to be blessed uh, from a word from Brother Patrick tonight. Good evening and happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick. Praise the Lord. God is awesome and powerful and just listening to the song, Jesus is my friend. It's our friend. Hallelujah. And also the testimonies. It's so good just to testify and speak of the love of Christ and what he has done for us and how he's working with us. That's just so grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, I must say that the week was really hectic. It continues to be a challenge, and I'm praising God that the Sabbath is here, and we continue to get the calls in. We're asking you to continue to lift us up in prayer and to be prepared. Um, just a short testimony before we go into the Word. Um, I remember... Um, somebody called for help um, this week. And when they called for help, um, I was listening as they were praying and I was praying because it was some powerful manifestation. And I listened to the individual praying and it was so powerful that I call that individual tonight and say, when we're going on mission, you better be prepared to come. Because from listening, the individual was using every tools that we have taught in the ministry, how to rebuke them, how to go to the, the scripture. And I think we have to learn, you know, we have to learn how to fight. And... um it was just powerful to listen that there was no backing down. The individual was just going, go for the scripture, rebuking and telling them where to go and everything. Because you see, that was kind of, it was interesting to know that some people are learning how to deal with demonic condition. If it arises, you know, and you are there. And you need to do this, what you need to do, the scriptures you need to, to draw to. You have to know the scriptures because the, these conditions are getting worse and worse. You know, it's getting more and more. So we ought to be ready as God's people, as Seventh-day Adventists. We ought to be ready for, for the battle. So, you know, I was so blessed to know that this individual is learning. And that's what we ought to do. Just learn and and let the Lord demonstrate his power. Just use us. So praise God. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so um, tonight uh, we're going to go into the word. And before we get into word, I'm going to pray. I've invited um, a visiting family to present the word. and. Um, you know, I always tell you, fasten your seatbelt. 
you know, because uh, the Lord impressed me clearly and say, go to this person to present the word tonight. And I'm going to pray for her as she come forth, that the Lord will do a mighty work on all of us tonight. You know, remember to just send out the link. Ask your, your family and friends to get on the prayer line. You know, prayers, we need to send up prayers to the Lord. Lift holy hands to the Lord. Let's Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, great God, we are so grateful and thankful for the Sabbath hour, Lord. The week was rough for many people, but Lord, you brought us through. Father, I was so happy when I heard um, Sister Kathleen, the daughter from Toronto. I remember visiting her. And Lord, it's only your mercy. And you're always providing for her. When I heard her on the line, Lord, from ever since she came back, I know you really love her and you love all of us. Because what she has been through is nothing but you, Lord. You touch so many souls. No matter what we're going through, you love us so much. We don't really deserve it. We mess up all the time. But Lord, because of your kindness, because of your love for us. Even though we don't worthy of it, of your care and your blessings, but you still give it to us. We can't comprehend it. We can't even appreciate being grateful because you're so good. Lord, we just want to thank you. I want to thank you. Your people tonight is thanking you, Lord for being there, being the present help in the time of need, in the time of trouble. So, Lord, I just want to put before you now the speak of the hour. Sister Anita from St. Lucia, whom you have called, and, Lord, you impressed me to ask her to do the word. And, Lord, I just pray that your anointing will be upon her, upon her husband, upon her entire family. That as she share, your Holy Spirit will use her with power and might. That this Friday night, this Sabbath night will never be the same. Everything will change in our homes. Because when the word of the Lord comes, as the word says, it comes like a hammer. Let the words, Lord, just hide her beneath the cross. Hide her in the cliff of the rock right now. Let self be put away. And let Jesus Christ shine supremely in our life. I just want to thank you, praise you, exalt you, and we just give you the worship now. This is my humble prayer in Jesus Christ's name. Praise God. I just want to welcome your sister, Anita. If you could just unmute your phone, and then I'll turn it over to you as you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself or who, who you are and where you're calling from. Go ahead, sister Anita. It's yours. Happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick. Happy, Happy Sabbath, Sabbath, everyone. God has been mighty good uh, to us. He has been amazing. He's never failed us. Um, calling from St. Lucia right now. And um, so grateful to, to be worshiping on this Sabbath Eve, you know, just praising the Lord that he has brought us through another week. Um, I have... Um, Served the Lord all my life, um, going through ups and downs, but 
I have never seen him forgive me. I have never seen him abandon me. God. Hello? Sorry, dear. You're, you're a little bit echoey. I don't know if it's just at my end. We want to make sure we hear you clearly. Um, if somebody Can just does sound check. Yeah, it's better. Amen. Is Go ahead. Now? Yes, it's a little bit better. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Is it still echoing? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. One second. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is awesome and powerful. Just want to make sure everything is clear. The word coming forth with clarity in Jesus' name. Okay, tell me if this is better. It's a little bit better. Is there everybody hearing it well? Just a Catherine? Yes, Brother P, I can hear her, but um, it, like you say, there's a bit of an echo. Yeah. What about now? That That's seems a to be bit, better. Yeah, a little bit better. better. Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay, go ahead. Much better? Yes. I'm just saying I'm calling from St. Lucia, and it's been um, uh, just a um, uh, testing week, but we have seen the Lord come through in a mighty way. We have seen the Lord working miraculously in our lives. I mean, you're just here on this Sabbath Eve giving him thanks and praise and joining with all of you on the prayer line, <laughs> Brother Patrick. Um, it's just been an amazing journey thus far with the Lord. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So just before, I guess I could go ahead now. Okay, yeah, it's not a hundred, but it's okay. Um, and everybody's praying because we want to make sure everything is clear. I don't know if it's, it could be your headset or if you're on speaker. Oh, I don't. I have it off, actually. I took it off. Um, do you want me to put it back on to see if that works better? Okay, just try something different to see if it will be clear. Okay, one second. And everybody's praying right now, you know, because, you know, we're resting not against flesh and blood, but uh, against the principalities. Enemy because I find it. Amen. Can you hear me now? Well, it's better, yeah. Oh, okay. What about now? Okay, yeah, much better. So just go ahead with it. Much better. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So just before I go through the word tonight, let's just all bow our heads again and pray. Father God, I come before you, just prostrating before you because you are the almighty God. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Father, we just ask at this moment that you would cleanse and wash this feeble, weak, and sinful being, and that you would come in through the power of your Holy Spirit and speak a word to all of us tonight. You know our needs. You know our desires. You know where we are right at this very moment. So, God, we just call on you to 
speak a word that would bring life to us, that would transform us. Father, uplift Jesus Christ. Let him be heard. Let him be seen tonight. And I pray that when all is said and done, we would be different, dear Father, and we would be changed into your image and into your likeness. So speaking, Lord, now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are living, brothers and sisters, in a day and an age when evil is at its peak. And I don't even need to uh, go through all of what's on the media. We would know that for a fact. God's truth is rejected. Error is accepted. And lawlessness and sin in all its forms are exalted among the vast majority of the people of this world. Wrong is now labeled as right, and right is labeled as wrong. But despite this unnerving reality, God has a mighty group of people, men and women, who will not be bought or sold, men and women who are true and honest, who do not fear to call sin by its right name, whose conscience are true to duty as the needle to the pole, men and women who will stand for the right, Though the heavens fall, yes, brothers and sisters, God has a people, as the psalmist described, who will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, men and women who will not stand in the way of sinners, they will not sit in the seat of the scornful, oh, but their delight, amen, is in obeying the law of God and they trust in his every word. And you see, because of this fact, beloved, Revelation 12:17 tells us that the dragon is wroth. Satan is wroth. He's angry. And, and, and the text continues to say that the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant or the rest of her seed who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus Christ. This hatred and fierce wrath against the people of God intensifies more and more as we come closer to the end of time, as we come closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Allow me for a moment to take you down through the chronicles of time, way back in history to the 6th century. The year is AD 67. Nero is the sixth emperor of Rome. This emperor, this king, He's overtaken by evil, demonic possession, and he develops an unparalleled hatred for the people of God. He gives the command to have his city, Rome, burned down to ashes and charges this crime upon the Christians, a crime that he committed. And some of the worst atrocities, unexplainable barbarities, and unrelenting crimes were done under his reign. According to numerous historians, brothers and sisters, uh, the persecution of the Christians started with Paul, who was beheaded on Nero's chopping block. See, Satan never loves the people of God. He, did, he, he hates us with, with an unparalleled hatred. Some were nailed to crosses. Others were tied to posts like torches and burned throughout the night to give Nero's garden light, I say mercy. This kind of hatred, this is the kind of hatred that Satan has against the people of God. The year now, if we move to 1415, the place is Germany. 
and a man called John Hurt is whom I want to bring to your attention. What was his crime? Preaching that the Bible and the Bible only was the supreme and complete authority over the church and tradition. He preached that justification is by faith and not by works or the indulgences sold by the priest. And what was his penalty? Death by burning at the stake. Yet her stood on the word of God, beloved. He would not compromise his faith. And as the flames consumed him, his last words recorded in history were these. In the truth of the gospel, which I have written, taught, and preached, I will die today with gladness. And now we're moving to France during the French Inquisition, where Bibles were burned and banned. And beloved, there is a time coming, and the Bible tells us there is a time coming where there's going to be a famine, but it's not for bread, it's not for water, it's not for food, but it will be for the Word of God. And that time existed in, in France during the 1700s. And beloved, they burned the Bibles, they banned Bibles. Freedom to worship was forbidden. To worship God was forbidden. The reading of the scriptures was an offense that led to imprisonment. But there was a young woman called Mary Durand, and probably our, our French um, um, listeners would know of her. Mary Durand was only 19 years old when she was given the choice to reject God and the Bible or suffer imprisonment. Choosing at so young an age to serve God, she, threw, she, she chose, brothers and sisters, prison. She was thrown in there with hundreds of other women in the tower called Constance. And there she was in prison for 38 years. But even in her darkest moment, God was using her in a powerful way. This woman for 38 years taught the women how to read and write and open before them the word of God. And that word illuminated their dark prison. And say praise God for that. Throughout the years of her imprisonment, she was given many opportunities to be free. All she had to do was renounce her faith in God. But hallelujah, she chose to suffer for Christ. Today, if you visit this tower, you will find etched and written in the walls all around that tower the words resisting, 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 meaning resist. She resisted, she resisted, she resisted, putting aside her belief in God for freedom. And now just follow with me as we go to the land called the United States of America, a place which came about by millions fleeing the persecution of Rome, a nation established on the principles of freedom of conscience and freedom of religion. It is the year 2005, and brothers and sisters, it is a real warfare that we are in. Satan is not asleep, neither can we be, and we cannot keep playing church and being nominal Christians. This is high time that the Lord is calling us to awake because the, the struggles are real. The warfare, the battle is real. And we cannot just sit idly. We cannot just be superficial in our walk with God. God is calling us higher, beloved, because we never know when the enemy's assault 
will come to our doors. We do not know what time he has, he has orchestrated and appointed to come to destroy us. But beloved, there is power when we stand in Jesus. And so in 2005, there was a high-level meeting. The witches, the warlocks, sorcerers, every Satanist came together in one particular state. And, and the, the command was given to just destroy every Christian, every faithful Christian. And so the Satanists had gone out. And this is a true story. They went out looking, sitting in the pews of various churches, and they came back to report to Satan that these are just professing Jesus. They have no relationship with him. We have them all. But they came back and said, there's one little church not too big, but even among that church, we have some of them. There's just one family, true, faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And the command was given tonight, this very night, destroy them, slaughter that family. I could imagine that family had prayed just their regular prayers that night. A mother, a father, and two children. There was no big wall around the house. There was no picket fence. It was just a little plot of land and their little house planted there. And so the sorcerers, the witches, the warlocks, they all gathered. Satan is gathered that night. And at midnight, they got the command, go in and destroy them. But as they pushed towards the house, they hit an invisible force field, brothers and sisters. They could not penetrate. And, and so they summoned more demons for more power. And as they did that, beloved, they, they that force field again, that in, impenetrable or, 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 or invisible force field, if you'd like to call it that. And, and they flew up how many feet away from that place, fell to the ground, and, and they could not understand. On their third attempt, summoning even more demons, God opened their eyes, and they saw standing, beloved, standing shoulder to shoulder, mighty angels of the living God, and I say hallelujah, illuminated by fire, with flaming swords in their hands, standing around that house. The forces of darkness could not stand against the power of the almighty God, and that day they were defeated. That family slept in peace. And how we got to know this story is because one of the Satanists came out and told the, the, her account and testified that she thought Satan was more powerful than God. And when she encountered that, she said, no, there is a power greater than that of Satan. And she came out of that dark world and gave God her life. Oh, beloved, God's word does not return to him void. And tonight, we've heard the testimonies. Tonight, we, we, we know that many are on the prayer line. You're going through something. You're going through your storm. You're going through some struggle. You're going through your trial. Beloved, remember that God's word does not return to him void. His word declares that when the enemy comes in like a flood, his spirit will raise a standard against him. Hallelujah. His word further declares that no weapon, not one, not two, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Behold, I, Jesus declares, have given you power to tread over serpents and scorpions 
and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I heard a sister, you know, um, speak about that scripture tonight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And because of this, beloved, our weapons cannot be carnal, but spiritual for the pulling down of strongholds in Christ Jesus. In my short existence, my short life, I have come to accept the sobering reality, friends, that Satan is real. He is powerful and cunning. I believe that wherever he is present, there is destruction, there is suffering, and there is pain. For the Bible tells us, the word reminds us that he has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You know, the, you, you know if you were to ask Job about the destruction, the destructive power of Satan, he can tell you. And that's where I want to just dwell a little tonight. You know the story very well. You're looking at Job chapters 1 and 2. Job was minding his own business, beloved. Job was about his own business, serving his God. It was God, not Satan, who asked the question when Satan came parading himself, have you considered my servant Job? Satan attacks Job and his entire family. The moment God allowed Satan to test his servant, to try his servant, he did not hesitate to kill and to destroy. And this is the sovereign reality, brothers and sisters. We need to remain covered and anchored in Jesus. We cannot afford to have doorways open to the enemy. We cannot afford to, to, to have avenues and ways that he can enter into our lives, into our homes. We need to be covered continually under the blood and banner of Jesus Christ. We need to have on the armor every second, every minute. We cannot afford, beloved, to take our Christianity lightly. We cannot take our relationship with God as if it is a trivial matter, not in this year, 2020, when we are closer to the coming of Christ. Oh, beloved, Satan did not hesitate to destroy, to attack Job in every way. But notice this, Satan came throwing his weight around, talking about how he's, about his ownership of earth and how much power and control he possessed. By his mere words, I have come from walking to and through in the world. He boastfully proclaimed that he had total control over earth and it had become his kingdom. But he was mistaken, beloved. Notice that in response to his statement, Notice what God does not do. And I love this about the scripture. God does not echo to, to Satan and remind him about his power as God, nor his omnipotence. He does not flaunt his position to Satan and tell him, Satan, don't forget, I am the supreme ruler of the universe. Nor does God point Satan to his powerful, angelic military host of angels just standing by his side, ready to destroy and devour evil and iniquity. God does not do any of those things. 
But instead, and follow me, beloved, God does something unexpected. And that's where I'm encouraged tonight, beloved. I am so encouraged when I read this in the scriptures. God does not boast his power in this way. He asks Satan a question that indirectly should have called his power into question. God asks him, have you considered my servant Job? I want us to replace this and put our names. Have you considered my servant uh, um, um, Patrick? Have you considered my servant um, Isabel? Have you considered my servant um, 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 Andrew? Have you considered my servant and whomever you are tonight on the prayer line? Is God saying to Satan, have you considered my servant? God bypasses himself, beloved. He bypasses his angels. And he shifts Satan's attention to a simple man of God. Praise his name, Job. So I'm asking the question this evening to us. And, and, and that, is, that is what it brings to mind. When you are going through your trials, brothers and sisters, when you are going through your trials, your struggles, could it be, could it be that God has called your name into review? Beloved, I have come to accept the fact that when we stand for God, when we align ourselves with the kingdom of heaven, we sign up for trouble. We sign up for warfare. And let Job testify. He will tell you, many of us who desire to go higher with the Lord, and I can recall this in my life. When I played church and I was just a, a nominal Christian, a nominal Adventist, didn't really have that conversion experience in my early years. Everything was wonderful. But the moment I said to the Lord, take me higher. I need to come closer to you. The attacks came, beloved. Many of us who desire to go higher with the Lord come under serious spiritual attack. All the time we were doing our own thing, disinterested in the word of God. Life was great. The moment we get to the point of true conversion and desire deeper relationship with Jesus, the storm comes, the trial comes, and the mountains come before our way. Have you ever considered that when you're in your trouble, that maybe God might have referred your name to the enemy? Beloved, could it be that the trial you are in right now or the storm you're going through is because God has gone over your resume like an employer would and has interviewed you for an opportunity to make God's name known in your trial? See, Job did not understand what was happening in the spiritual realm. He did not know that God had total confidence in him and that Jesus would manifest himself through Job and Job would endure and Job would come out victorious. He did not know that God, who is the discerner of every secret thing, examined him and saw his heart. God knew Job loved him and it was Job's desire to serve him. 2 Timothy 2.19 reminds us that God knows who are his. Nevertheless, the scripture says, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And then he goes on to say, and let 
everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knows us, beloved. The Lord knows every one of us. He knows what we are going through. He knows our desire to serve him. He knows our desire to live godly, to live righteously. He knows what we are in need of, beloved. He sees us. But be careful whom we listen to when we're in our storm. Job continues in, in the account, um, tells us that Elipaz, Bildad, and Zophar, his three friends, came to him and attributed what Satan was doing to God's doing. They declared that Job's calamity was as a result of his sin and that God's mercy was punishing him. Oh, friends, be careful who you listen to in your moment of trial. I submit to you tonight that in the midst of your trial, you need to run to the word of God instead of listening to the counsel of men. And I have been there in my greatest trial. I could not even listen to my thoughts. I could not listen to, to people around me. I could only run to the word, for in the word was where I found strength. It was the word of God that empowered me. It was the word of God that reminded me that he is faithful. He is able. He is all powerful. And he has never left me. And he will never forsake me. Beloved, God is the same yesterday today and forever. He has not changed. So I submit to us tonight that we will not listen to people who are not connected to the Lord in our moments of despair and trial. But listen to what Job declares after he had listened to his friends. Job 6, 4 to 9 says, For the arrows of the Almighty are within me, the poison whereof drinketh of my spirit, the terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Oh, that I may have my request. This is Job crying out to the Lord there, church. He's crying out and he's saying, and that God would grant me the things that I long for. And what is, what is it that Job is longing for? Even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would not let, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Job, in his darkest moment, is crying out. It is so great a trial that he's telling the Lord, just take my life. Have you been there? Are you there right now? Beloved, it is in our darkest moments, at our weakest times, that the enemy tries to come in to steal our last bit of hope. When we need encouragement the most, it is the time Satan uses people around us to discourage us or to cause us to dis distrust God. Have you been there? But God is not absent, beloved, in our dark moments. And I love the fact that God comes up on the scene. And then he speaks to Job and says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched out the line upon it? And the Lord goes on and on declaring to Job all that the mighty creative hand of God had wrought. But then he turns the attention of Job to the real enemy. And in Job 41, he says, Can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook? Or press it down his tongue with a cord? 
Job, can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw? That this is what the Lord is asking us today. Without me, can you go up against Leviathan, Satan, that's that devouring spirit, that lying spirit, that evil spirit? Can you, do you think in your own strength you can go up against him? Who then is he who can stand before me? His heart is hard as a stone. When he raises up himself, the mighty are afraid. Though the sword reaches him, it does not avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He counts iron as straw and bronze as rotten, rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. For him, sling stones are turned to stubble. But the Lord says, Upon earth there is not his like, who is made without fear. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. And the Lord then declares that he, the great I am, El Shaddai, El Elyon, the mighty God, the defender of God, his children, is the only one able. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is able to defeat Satan. Luke 10, 19 reminds us of the power when we stand with Jesus, in Jesus, and through Jesus, the power that we have over the enemy. It says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, all, beloved, the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Isaiah 27, 1 says, In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall pierce Leviathan, that piercing serpent, even Leviathan, the crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Psalm 40, 74 verse 14 says, Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces. I, and I love this part here because it, it, it parallels to, to, to Revelation chapter 12 of that church that's in the wilderness, the woman in the wilderness. Psalm 74 says, Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan and givest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Beloved, God will give us power over Satan in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Job 42, this is God's answer. Then Job answered. In fact, Job now, after God has now taken him on a, on a spiritual journey and allowed him to see through the spiritual realm, he says, I know that thou canst do everything, Lord. I know you have all power. And that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore, Lord, I have uttered what I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. But this is the punchline. Job now says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the air. But now mine eye fear thee. Beloved, it is in our trials. We hear about the power of God. We've learned about the power of God through his word. Have we ever experienced his power? Oh, yes, beloved. It is in our trials, in our persecution, in those spiritual battles that God will magnify himself. He will manifest himself, and we will be able to declare like Job, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the air, but now I see you with my own eyes. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in the dust and ashes. 
And despite the fact that God declared Job perfectly, upright, this trial served the purpose. God does not allow any trial to come upon us unless good is going to come out of it. Yes, the enemy is real. As I come to a close, yes, the battle is fierce. Yes, our trials are overwhelming. But beyond all this, we need to keep focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He who has begun a good work in us, he will bring it to, to the finish. He will bring it to completion. We need to have the faith of Jesus. And tonight you may ask me, what kind of faith did Jesus have? But let me just tell you this. It is the kind of faith that kept him through his darkest hour, his darkest trial and persecution when he came face to face with Satan in the wilderness. It's that kind of faith that, that, that he had which caused him and brought him to the place where he remembered and trusted in his father's words. See, Jesus had just been baptized in the Jordan and the, the, his father had just declared, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And after this, Satan tempts him and says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Oh, friends, Jesus, believe the words of his father. He trusted that word with his dear life. Therefore, he did not need to turn stones into bread to, to prove that he was the Son of God or that he is the Son of God. He believed it because his Father declared it to him. And beloved, this is why Jesus met the enemy with the response, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is the faith that we need today, beloved. God can take what the enemy means for destruction and use it for deliverance. Look at the cross. He thought he had won the battle. He thought he had destroyed the Son of God forever. But that cruel, gruesome cross brought us the victory that we can stand in tonight. And that is why I can sing, I will cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down, I will cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday. Oh, one glad day, I will exchange it for a crown. We have the power. We have great strength. And we have that deliverance. And we've received it by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Satan was defeated that day. His dominion over your life, over mine, was lost that day. We can stand, beloved, in victory. And, and, and apart from the cross, what about the empty tomb? Many people say, why do we sing about a resurrected Savior, a tomb that is empty? We don't rejoice in just the empty tomb. We're rejoicing in who is not in the tomb. Oh, yes, beloved, death could not keep him there because he keeps his promises. Death did not have the final say because it has no power over God. That is why we can sing, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living no matter what men may say because I 
I know his hands of mercy. I've seen it and I've heard his voice of shame. And just when I need Jesus, he's right there. Oh, friends, in my hour of need, Jesus has provided. In my hour of persecution, Jesus has defended. In my hour of sorrow, he has comforted. In my hour of sin, he has forgiven. In my hour of sickness, he has brought healing. What is your need today, tonight? We should be rejoicing in the resurrection. And as I close, beloved, notice what John 25 says. And John, stooping down, looked in and saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, John, which came first to the sepulchre or the grave, and he saw and believed. Then I pondered on this text. Both Peter and John saw the folded clothes, but both walked with Jesus. Both witnessed his wonder-working power, but only one saw the folded clothes and discerned something deeper and believed. Beloved, the only one recorded who was at the cross was John. I want to submit to you tonight that when John saw the folded clothes, he believed that Jesus was a keeper of his promises because he remembered that Jesus said, I will be crucified, but I will be resurrected. I will live again. Anyone, the, the Romans thought that they would have stolen the body of Jesus. But who comes to rob and cleans and packs clothes and folds clothes after themselves? Jesus, upon his resurrection day, folded that piece of linen. And when the disciples looked in, it was to remind them that I, I, the Lord Jesus, came forth by the voice of my Father, and I'm alive today. Yes, beloved, on Friday, it did not look like Jesus would have kept his promise. On Sabbath, it did not look like he would have kept his promise. But understand this, a promise delayed is not a promise denied. Let me say it again. A promise delayed is not a promise denied. So it may be Friday night in your life right now. It may be the Sabbath and there's no life. There's no, there's no resurrecting power in your circumstance. But believe the promises of God, beloved. Isaiah 40 tells us, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. He keeps his promises. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. The Lord keeps his promises. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He keeps his promises. When the enemy comes in like a, like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard against him. He is faithful. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He gives beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for despair. The Lord God is faithful. Tonight, beloved, do not give up on Jesus. We have been bought with the precious, precious blood of Christ. 
He who did not hesitate to give his own life for our salvation will never abandon us in our greatest moment of need. I am a living testimony because had it not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be here tonight to declare this word. The Lord has brought me through struggles and trials. The enemy has come in to take me out. He has tried to take me on a, through sickness. He has tried to take me through uh, um, um, sorrow and grief and every foreseeable evil, anything you can imagine, beloved. So far as a young Adventist, the Lord, the, the, the Lord has brought me through that. We know how the story ends. The lamb wins. The battle is not ours, it's God's. So tonight, beloved, let's stand in faith. Let us stand in victory. And let us do all. Putting the armor on, locking it in place, and stand and see the deliverance of Almighty God. For God is faithful to perform what he has promised. His word does not return to him void. May he bless you and keep you. And Father, we pray right now that your power will attend your children, that your word which has gone forth will bring life, will bring hope, will bring encouragement. Deliver us all from the clutches of sin, from the clutches of Satan. Rescue us from our pits, Lord. Rescue us from our situation. Remind us of your promises, Father. Hold our hands when we are weak. Give us strength, O oh God, where we, we are falling. Give us hope, Lord. Give us faith that is unshakable. And may we stand like Jesus stood when he was on this earth. And all the faithful who have gone before us, may we stand, Lord Jesus, to one day see you for ourselves and that we will see you and not another. We pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.